0: to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. This is episode four of season four, and I'm Julie Van Warmer. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I, I always want to remind you ahead of the beginning of the podcast to head over to your favorite podcast directory and subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us out. If you take a minute and uh, leave us a review, you can also join our Facebook community called Unshaken Podcast. It's a great place for you to dialogue with other women about what you're hearing on the podcast, and you also can reach out to me through email, psalm 622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes or if an episode has impacted you some way. It's just a really great encouragement to all of us over here at Unshaken. Now we've been talking um, this past beginning of the season about different types, I don't know, I I guess I would call them spiritual disciplines. Another way to say that might be how we live out our faith every day. And so we're gonna continue with that theme. And so we'll be spending some time on interviews and pre-recorded talks during this season all about these types of topics. They're gonna be really practical. It's important to discuss how these topics affect us and how we should respond to what Christ has done for us by dying on the cross. So today our topic is a really good one. But it's probably not a really easy one to talk about, so I brought on the right person. But before we jump into the actual content, I want to introduce you to my guest. If you've been listening to this podcast, you actually have already heard her because we've listened to a couple of the talks she's given at different um, events at Christ the Word. So let me introduce you to my guest, Aaliyah Bailey. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're joining me. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Julie. (laughs) Okay, so hey, Aaliyah, I'm going to start off by asking you about your faves, your favorite things. So, you know, your favorite people your favorite places, your favorite foods, your favorite burner on the stove. I mean, mm-hmm. you know,
1: I know you have one, okay? So what are your favorites? Okay, why do I find favorites so hard? How about <laughs> I tell you some things that I really love without having to commit to calling them my favorites? Okay, I can uh, do that. I can do that. All right, thanks. I love my husband and I love my kids, and I guess I'm okay with calling them my favorites. That's I, good. I love metro parks and I love my church. I love food in general and cheeseburgers in particular. And I definitely favor the front left burner on my stove. Okay. Front left burner. No, no, No.
0: I'm the front right burner. Okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Actually, um, I just moved into a new house and then I got a new stove, which is really awesome. And it has a double front right burner. So it really heats up. It's something kind of new anyway. And, um, I didn't even realize with my stove, uh, That's st- the old stove I had was 18 years old, and it took about 45 minutes to oh. preheat every single time. I had no idea though, because I had kind of like gotten you know, used to it, yes. So now I can turn my oven on, and it's ready to go in 10 minutes, you know. So now you probably don't just have a, a burner, a favorite burner. I bet you have a favorite spatula.
1: Am I right? <laughs> I actually really do. It has a wooden <laughs> handle and a red. Red top part. I don't know what that's (laughs) called. And it's just stiff enough, if you know what I mean. And at some point in the last ten years, the handle has warped and somehow that makes it all the more perfect. It is the perfect shaped spatula (laughs) to to, to move and to stir shape everything else. That's hilarious. I love it. Well, I'm sure our
0: listeners all are right now thinking of their favorite spatula because we know we all (laughs) have one. We do. Okay, so listeners, are you ready to listen to an entire podcast on a pretty kind of hot topic? This is the topic of sin. Now, wait a minute. Now, pause. Don't go turn the podcast off, okay? This episode is actually going to be fabulous. It's going to be good because we're going to talk about some practical sides of how we can we can think about this. We're going to discuss some really good things about how to fight sin that comes into our lives. And I'm just going to be honest, I didn't invite Aaliyah on here because, well, she's a superstar sinner, okay? <laughs> I invited her Okay. She is a sinner because I am a sinner. Yeah, we all are. And I'm a sinner too. But I invited her on because she's very practical and she's very humble and she's wise and she is a sinner too. And I thought it's really good to hear from different people. Like last week we heard uh, from Erica Simpson and we're going to talk more about this in upcoming weeks. So it's good to hear from different people a little bit about how sin has affected their lives and what to do with it and what the Bible says about it. So you know, Leah, I'm glad you're on. I hope you're not offended that I called you a superstar. Sinner. No, I'm a
1: super, I'm, I'm a
0: sinner. I'm a super <laughs> sinner. I okay. Yeah. So let's start at the very beginning. I feel like I want to sing. It's a very good place to start. That's really bad. But anyway, um, the reality is Maria from the movie, The Sound of Music, actually, it's a really good point. She talks about how when you start to learn, like, about music, you have to start with the basic, the grammar of reading music. You have to know how the rests work and how to count the rhythm, right? Um, If you learn how to knit, you have to know how to purl or drop a stitch. Okay, I know all of our listeners that are out there listening and your knitters, you think, what is she talking about? (laughs) Because that's the only thing I know about knitting, really. But actually, it's really good to learn the grammar behind something. The, the basics, the foundation. So I think, Aaliyah, that's really a good place to start. Let's start with some of the basic questions about sin and see where we go from there. Does that sound good to you? That sounds good. Okay. I guess my first question that I would ask you is, what actually is sin? And is it something that affects all of us or is it just something that affects some people?
1: Okay. So that is a really great question. And my first thought is to say that sin is disobeying God. And that is part of what sin and sin is, but it isn't really all of what it okay. is. Sin isn't actually just the things that we do that we're not supposed to do, or even just the things that we don't do that we are supposed to do. Sin is actually, it's just as much about who we are as it is about the things that we do. The Bible says that anything not from faith is sin. So sin is any thought or feeling or action that comes from a heart that's not loving and trusting God and everything that he loves and everything that he says. And that's why ultimately sin is an offense against God.
0: Okay, so that's interesting to think about because... As we're growing up in Sunday school, if you've attended a Sunday school as a little girl, you probably heard, you know, sin is doing wrong things. Yeah. So there's a lot more encompassed in yes, this. Yes, it is doing wrong things, but there's more to it than yeah. just that. And definitely it's a heart issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things we always ask here on Unshaken about almost every topic is what does the Bible say about it? So I'm going to ask you, what does the
1: Bible say about sin? Yeah, the Bible says a lot about sin, um, but but how about just two verses? Okay, Romans? that's probably a good yeah. idea. <laughs> Romans 3.23 Romans says for all have sinned mm-hmm. and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal mm-hmm. life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says that every single one of us has sinned. We are all sinners. And it says that there is a consequence for that sin. Mm-hmm. But yep. the Bible also says that God offers the free gift of eternal life through Jesus. Th- that's great. Those are great verses. They're so simple. Yeah, but they encompass so
0: much. Right in those two simple verses. Yeah. I'm glad you only gave us two. That's enough to start with. Because the reality is it teaches us some really good things. That we are all sinners. There's a consequence. Mm-hmm. Really a, a deathly consequence. Right. And that God gives us this free gift of eternal life. Which we've we've talked about on the podcast multiple times. Or the episodes. That we have a free gift from from God. Yes. And so that's really, really good. Okay, so if you say that we have all sinned. Like... I've sinned and you've sinned and our families and everyone listening has sinned. How do we actually recognize sin in our lives? Sometimes we can't even see it.
1: Yes, you are right. Sometimes we don't see our sin. Sometimes we realize that, wow, we have been sinning in this way for years and just didn't even know it. Um, So first, I would say speak to God. Talk to him and ask him to show you your sin. King David, who the Bible describes as being a man after God's own heart, does this in the Psalms, Hmm. which they are his written prayers to God. And he says things like, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Hmm.
1: I think of Jesus healing the blind in the Gospels. Ask God to open your eyes to your sin so that you can live in a way that pleases him. And he is so faithful in answering our prayers. He's done this for me so many times. That is a really good start because um, I think God
0: God not only does He hear our prayers, but when actually in the process
1: of seeing our sin then it helps to change us. It does. It's like the first step. Yes. Good. Yes. And then as we ask God to show us our sin, we, you know, we have to remember that he has handed us his word, which tells us everything we need to know to live a life that's pleasing to God. So, so read it. Think about it. As I read the Bible, I try to ask myself two very simple, very straightforward questions. I ask, what does this teach me about God? And what does this teach me about myself? And God has shown me my sin over and over as Mm -hmm. I read the Bible. And I just answer those two, questions. Those are really good because they're just simple
0: but they, I love that you didn't just go what does it teach me about God? Mm -hmm. But you actually said what does it teach me about myself? Because the Bible is there to to be our tutor or a teacher
1: or guide us with how we need to learn and change and grow. That's good. So God has given us great gifts in prayer and in his word, in the Bible. He's also given us a great gift in the church. Yes. Being a part of a church that believes and preaches the Bible is so important for all of us who want to see the sin that we need to fight and to get rid of. Mm. And when I say being a part, I really mean being a part. Being in other people's lives and inviting them into our lives in a way that We can study the Bible with other believers and um, see how living for Christ looks in their lives. Yes,
0: Yeah, which is why I I said earlier even on the podcast how beneficial it is to um, hear from different women how they've dealt with sin and things. And I think that's what happens in a Bible study or a small Mm -hmm. group um, or just being in a conversation after church. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to hear how people are dealing with something. And sometimes someone's prayer request, I will think, oh, that's a sin I yes, struggle with. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I. I didn't really think about it, but, and then I can hear how they're applying it or, or we can be praying together. So that's great. That's
1: great. Yeah. And I want to say that, that, you know, we talk about seeing sin and there's so much sin that we can see in ourselves and find out that we didn't see before. And that's not really a depressing thing. It's actually an exciting thing because we don't want to stay stuck in any sin and we don't have to. And I think we'll talk about that more, but it's, it's not a depressing thing. Yes. An exciting and good thing. And, and it's such a blessing from God that he allows us to see our sin. We can look at it like that that it can be a
0: a blessing because if we didn't see our sin and didn't see that we Are a sinner, we would have no need mm-hmm. for Christ, I mean, right. And that's not true, <laughs> right? We, we need Him, okay? So, you know what, Aaliyah, if sin is something that we all have and we all see it, and maybe we all see it at different levels and different amounts of sin, like maybe, um, you know, we have different sins we're struggling with, how do we clean it up? How do we get rid of it? Because
1: that's what I want to do is get rid of my sin, yes? We don't just want to see it and then stay yeah. there, do we? Um, so first, I think we have to be very clear that we don't clean up ourselves by ourselves. Right. It it isn't scripture, but one of the songs that we sing a lot with our kids is nothing but the blood. And the words are so encouraging to me because I know that I'm a sinner. The words, you know, part of the lyrics are what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Earlier, I mentioned Romans 623 for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. I I thought maybe you'd break into song. I don't, I can't sing. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I sing with my kids. (laughs) That's good. Not on a podcast.
0: (laughs) But what what a really good, um, that, that old hymn, I don't know what year it's from, but it does have a really good piece of doctrine in it that nothing can wash away our sin except the blood of Christ. Yes. That's a really good point.
1: Yes, because every single one of us is a sinner. And not only have we sinned, but we are going to sin again and again until the day we die. Yeah. God has said that the wages, those are the things that we have earned for that sin is death. It is the punishment. We've we've actually already earned it. But there is another way. God has offered a free gift rather than those wages that we can mm. take instead of those wages that we've earned. Mm. Jesus took the punishment that we earned upon himself when he died on the cross. Romans 5 6 says for a while we were still helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly hmm. I'm helpless yep you're helpless we're yep. all helpless but Christ died for us his death is the only way that we can be forgiven by God and given that free gift of eternal life God loved me first and so I love him hmm. Jesus said very plainly if you love me you will keep my commands And so that brings us to the question of how we can keep his commands. Yes. Yes. How can we get rid of the sin in our life? Jesus told those who heard him preach to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So if we have faith in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, we know that we do not have to pay the price for our sin, but that doesn't mean that we want to keep doing it. We have to repent. When we love Jesus, we want to repent. Yes. So when I consider that Jesus died and took the punishment that I deserve for my anger, that doesn't make me want to keep being angry. So how do I get rid of it? How do I stop? First, I think of 1 John 1, 9, which says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I know that's what I want and that's what I need. Mm -hmm. I need God to forgive me. I need God to cleanse me. Otherwise, I'm going to be angry and whatever other sin, and I will pay the price for that. Anger. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. Some of the verses you've shared were
0: verses that I memorized when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. like in after school kids club mm-hmm. or Sunday school. And those verses are such key verses that come really back. Are. I mean, this verse, first John one, nine that you mentioned, it is one that I think of often. If we confess our sin, it has such a promise. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I think it's really good to have those little nuggets of scripture that have those truths in them and memorize them and know them. That's really good. I also heard you say some really big words that I want. I think sometimes we need to define like confession, repentance, maybe even forgiveness, because our world defines these in one way. But I think it's really important to talk about how they fit in with our episode. You know, um, sometimes a, Uh, There's a big word and we just don't really know what it means because our world and our culture tells us something different So tell me a little bit about confession repentance forgiveness
1: and how those fit in with sin and this this topic Okay, so first let's talk about repentance Um, We're told in matthew that when jesus preached he would say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. And repent isn't really a word that's used much today, yeah. but it is one. There's no like hashtag repentance. Hashtag repentance. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there is. I don't know. But yeah, it's not used very commonly, is, there? is it? But it is. it is a word that God uses over and over yeah. in the Bible. So what is it? Now, there's a there's a book that I have read a number of times, and I will probably go back to it over and over, because I have found it to be so helpful to myself. It's called The Doctrine of Repentance, and it was written by a Puritan named Thomas Watson. Okay, so we'll put that on our show notes, so okay. you don't have to run and get a pen, just sit and stay listening, and we'll make sure it's there so you can go find it. You probably can pick it up on Amazon or something. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah and it's, not, it's only a few dollars, I think, actually. Nice, okay. Um, so... Some of the language, it was written by a Puritan, and some oh. of the language might sound a little different than what we use today, but it's actually very straightforward, and it's easy to understand. It's a little book, but it says a lot. In the book, Watson says that repentance is a grace of God's spirit whereby a sinner is inwardly humbled and visibly reformed. Huh. So, so to kind of rephrase that, repentance is a gift from the Holy Spirit that causes us to be humbled on the inside and changed mm. on the outside. That's great. It's when we know that we've done wrong and we want to be more like Christ, so we make strides to do things differently. That's what repentance is. And I
0: like how that starts in the inside, in the heart, and then it transforms the outside the actions. Yes. It, it, It has to go that way. You can't. Right, start with the outside,
1: and change your outsides, and then try to change the heart. Right, or just change your outsides. It has to be both. Yeah, Yeah. it's repentance is both the inside and the outside. Yeah, and confession. Confession is really a part of repentance. It is basically just acknowledging who we are and what we've done to offend God, and really, it's just a part of that visible reform, like Watson says, it or just a change. Confession is first and foremost something that we do with the Lord, but it is also something. That's so important to do with one another. Hmm. Confessing sins to other people doesn't save us, obviously, right. but God does use it to help cleanse us from our sin. Yeah, that's so, a really good point. Yeah. To be able to, to talk with someone else. Right. And that's not what gives us forgiveness. We don't no. have forgiveness through talking with others, but it's such a help. I have I have a group of women that I'm in small group with, and I have a group of women that I'm in Bible study with, and I confess sin to them on a regular basis. Yes. I tell them what sins I'm struggling with, and then they pray for me, and I've been helped so much. In just through that confessing sin to them and knowing that they're yeah. praying for me. Yeah, I've heard someone say before that it is like you name it. So when
0: you have when you're in a small group setting with a few other women, even just a conversation, you know, yeah. like you and I are doing right now, naming your sin, there's something that when you go, you know what, I'm struggling with jealousy, or I am I'm sinning in not submitting to my husband, mm-hmm. or I'm lying at work. Wow, there is something about. Speaking it out loud. It what it is yep. in front of other people. And being honest. Yes. And honestly, on the other side of that, if I'm the person listening to someone telling me that, I'm going, okay, I totally get it. I'm mm-hmm. there with you. Right. So it doesn't make the, you know, it's, it's
1: good. It doesn't make, it shouldn't make you feel bad to confess it. It should be a good thing. It's another yes. part of the blessings. Yeah, it is. It's a part of that inward humbling yep. and outward change. You yep. know? So so the last word you asked me about is forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Forgiveness. <laughs> you remembered is, all those. I'm so impressed. <laughs> forgiveness, it's such a great gift from God. <laughs> and I don't think we should ever talk about repentance and confession without yeah. talking about forgiveness. Absolutely. It, it isn't something that any of us have earned, but God is gracious in giving it to us. Psalm 103 says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. So when God forgives us, he doesn't keep the record of wrongs that we've committed. A price has to be paid for our sin, and Jesus mm. gave his life to pay that price. So now God no longer counts our sins against us when we have repented. Mm. And and that is what forgiveness is. Yeah, that's awesome. That is such an encouragement. I love that verse from Psalm
0: 103. I, we've mentioned on the podcast before that this year, in 2000. 2020 and 2021 we have at church at christ the word been memorizing psalm 103 and that is a verse in there i almost want to do my hand motions because do you only...
1: have hand motions i do oh, i had nice.
0: i had to do it with hand motions yeah. but that verse has been so good to mm-hmm. repeat over and over as you're memorizing it yes because it's such a fabulous truth it the is. truth that he takes our sin as far as east is from west what a great visual yeah, yeah. it is a yeah That's right. It's a great, great visual. Um, So, Aaliyah, last week um, I shared a great talk given by Erica Simpson on how to fight, or she used the word slay sin, like kill it. Um, She had some really practical advice. It was really good. And I thought it'd be good to kind of review the four or five things she recommended to do, and I think they fit with what you're saying. Number one, she said, take your thoughts prisoner, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I think she pulled that from the verse that talks about taking your thoughts captive. Captive. But there is something about taking my thoughts prisoner that hit me hard. Uh, she talks about standing in truth, which is what you just did as you went back to the Bible and you said, Hey, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. That's going back to truth and standing in it. She talked about running from temptation. When we see it, we see the sin that we're tempted to do to get away from it and confess our sin to someone. So she brought that up too. Um, she had so much more to share on this topic. It was just really good to hear. Um, it's always good to hear from other people. And I love how these themes keep coming up. You know, when something comes up multiple times, it's so good for us to listen to. Okay, so, Aliyah, give me some really practical things to deal with sin, because I know that our listeners are busy women, they have a lot going on, and maybe they have time to sit down and read the book the, you know, which I do recommend from sure. Mr. Watson. I can't think of his first name, Thomas, 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 Thomas Watson. Watson, Mr. Yep. Watson. Anyway. I feel like.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, but give us some ideas of
0: ways that we can practically do this.
1: Okay. So I've already said a few, um, but I'll repeat. Uh, it's so important to be reading the Bible. Pray and talk to God. Talk to him about your sin. Confess your sin to him and to other people around you. In addition to those things, though, something else I would say is that we often only think of sin as not doing some particular thing, right? So if I see I have this sin of being critical and negative toward my kids, and I really do want to get rid of it, I I, I tell myself, don't say that critical thing. Just don't Mm. say it. Don't say it. Shut my mouth. Don't say it. And it's true that I shouldn't say that critical unkind thing, right? But there is something more actually that I should do. There's this theme in scripture of putting off our sin and putting on righteousness. So I want to put off my criticisms and my unkindness, but I need to put something on to replace it. Oh, that's good. And it's it's something I've really been working on myself with my kids. Instead of just not saying that critical thing or all those critical things, I'm working on saying something encouraging to every single one of my kids every day throughout Mm -hmm. the day. I'm putting off anger and frustration, and I'm putting on kindness and encouragement. And it I see it going a long way in getting rid of that sin in my life. Hmm, that's a really good practical... A practical thing. Yeah. I love that. And this can be. This is applied to all different kinds of sins. When you think about a sin you want to get rid of, don't forget to think about what you need to replace that that space with. So put off anger and put on love. Put off selfishness and put on generosity. And think of really specific ways to put those things on. Mm, that's really good. You know, um, so
0: back when we all went to a stay home order. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, in like March of 2020, I found myself really struggling during that time, especially at night with some sins that I was struggling with worry. And I was having difficulty with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, I had so much time on my hands that to think, yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I was home alone. And I mean, I have a family and so I was busy, but, I have, I had a lot of time to think. And consequently, that is not always good for you because Mm -hmm. I kept repeating and replaying things. And, um, I worked hard on it and I had, I confessed it to a good friend and I confessed it to my husband and I said, I need help. And so they prayed with me and, and my friend would ask me about it routinely. My husband knew where I was because I mean, he He was with right all the time, but my friend would ask me routinely, like, I don't know, every week for a while, Hey, what's going on with that? How you doing? And, um, it was really, really good, and then in in the fall, when we kicked back into our small groups here at Christ the Word, An older lady in the group that I was in shared a really good thing. I was sharing this in my small group, The Struggle, and she said what she did is she took a verse. She took Philippians 4, 8, and 9, and here's what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. She said that when she was a busy working woman, she wanted to grumble and complain in work situations that she had, and she had to replace her sin. Mm-hmm. And so what she did is she started to use this verse. She started to think about what was true and what was right and what was lovely at her workplace, and that helped her. And I went, that's amazing. I it need is. that. So I decided to start doing that, and it would so much easier. I started with... I, I had to start literally talking to myself, telling myself, Julie, think on what is true. Think on what is just. Okay. When I wanted to be unforgiving, I had to say, what is it that's good that I can see in this person? And what
1: is it that I can see God doing? And that was really helpful. Yeah. That, that helped me really overcome it. That's amazing. I've actually used those same exact verses from Philippians to fight unforgiveness in in my own life. I remember one particular situation years ago when I just couldn't seem to get, this particular offense out of my mind. Mm. I I feel like I could have just thought about it and replayed it over and over for hours. I get it. (laughs) When God showed me that I really was in just as much sin as the person that I was hurt by, I I memorized those verses and I just repeated them over and over when I was struggling. And then I would turn my thoughts to what I was grateful to God for about that person and about how merciful and loving God had been to me and about what else, All sorts of other things that I was yep. grateful for. Yep. I was trying to put on unforgiveness and I was putting on gratitude in yes. my particular situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that um, another thing that I think that helped me was turning to prayer when I would start to be upset about a situation or I was going to replay it. Prayer is a really good one to replace your sin. Yes. To go to God and just humbly, I think David did that all over the Psalms. You know, not only did he say, "Search me," but he helped me, Lord, help me with this. And so, I mean, I think prayer is a really good thing that we can do as a way to replace or to
1: go to God when we're
0: struggling too. Yeah,
1: it's and part I, of taking our thoughts prisoner. Yeah. You know, yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. Now, one thing that I've thought a lot about um, is that there are times that we have sins that are really more difficult for different people. We all have sins that we struggle, like. I don't really struggle. I shouldn't even say this, but I don't really struggle with the sin of worry. Yeah, I really don't. I just go about my life. I mean, I sometimes worry about my kids and their cars, but it's not something that plagues me. That's wonderful. Yes, no. it is. But I have a lot of other sins. Right. And I struggle with pride. I often mm-hmm. think of myself way more highly than I ever should. And I struggle with liking to control things. So if I get to be the leader of something, that's hard. I have to really, really work. And I, I definitely will say that I've grown in that area, mm-hmm. but there are, I still fight those sins. So maybe you have different sins than me. You struggle with the same
1: ones. I have, I have those
0: and I have some others. Oh, you have others. Okay, good. So, um, you know, how do we fight a constant sin? Maybe we would call this sin habitual or besetting. You know, it's a sin we just can't get rid of. And it doesn't seem to affect our friend.
1: Yes. In the same way. Yeah. I do think that we all have these sins that seem to be so like ingrained in us that they can almost feel like they're just a part of our personality. Just like that's who we are. Oh, well, some people even say that and they justify (laughs) them. This is just, this is just who I am. Yep. Yep. But, but when we're Christians, we can't. We shouldn't be content with that. I think of Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, which says, You are to rid yourselves of the old self, hmm. which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of the deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Hmm. That, that verse talks about putting off something and putting on it something. It does. Again. There's this old self that we, we aren't content with. We need to put it off and put on the new, put on righteousness. Yeah. God creates something new when we become his children, so don't decide that it's just okay to live with one of these besetting sins. God says to rid yourself of that old self. On the other hand, I think it's really important that we don't despair in the face of a besetting sin either. Sometimes I think we can get so overwhelmed in the face of these really hard sins that we think it's just hopeless and we just want to throw up our hands. Yes. The Apostle Paul Faced really hard sin in himself, too. He said, The good I want to do, I do not do, (laughs) but I practice the very evil that I do not want. And then a few verses later, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? But then he answers his own question in the next sentence. He says, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is going to deliver us. Mm-hmm. Jesus delivers us. So we don't need to despair and we, we can't give up. Yeah, and maybe look at the baby steps, yes. right? So instead of looking at, oh, I got rid of this
0: huge sin that's plagued me for years, let's take the little baby steps See forward. the work
1: that God is doing in us yes. every day, every month. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. These besetting sins can cause us to be so grateful to God for his forgiveness they yeah. can remind us every day just how much we do, we need Jesus. You know, yeah. we don't cleanse ourselves. We don't make ourselves righteous. He does that for us. So actually, in kind of a weird way, they're actually
0: a blessing if we see this besetting sin in I our think, life. I think the, the knowledge of them. The knowledge the of them, The sight yes. of them is a not blessing. The, not the sin itself, and I'm glad you clarified but, that. But That's the good. sight
1: of them can can lead us to be grateful to God. Yes. And we Seeing our sin. Is what causes us to know we need Jesus and to turn to him. And then to go back to 1 John 1, 9, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess them. So, good. You asked asked what are some examples of besetting sins um, for women. Um, I think about fear or worry, um, anxiety. I think about pride. Yes. um, Anger. Those are all My sins. (laughs) I think these are all sins, truthfully, that all of us do struggle with. They are. And for some of us, they are more besetting than maybe for others. But one very practical thing I think we can do with these sins is, and you kind of talked about it earlier, to have someone that we can talk to who's going to pray for us and with us. Someone who's going to tell us the truth from the Bible that's going to encourage us to keep fighting. And something else that i found really important for myself is to, when I see these sins, to kind of nip them in the bud right away when they pop up. So for myself, when I think about some of these besetting sins, a lot of them are in my thoughts. Yes. So I have to be resolved to fighting them right when they pop into my head. Yes. I remember this point um, when I realized that I regularly had a very proud and kind of self-centered train of thought. That I was running through in my mind throughout the day, over and over. And when I started realizing just how often I would think this very proud thought about myself, I was a little disturbed, honestly. I I hadn't seen it before. And then when I saw it, it was like, whoa, I see it. I had spent a lot of time building myself up in my own mind. So to stop it, I had to start fighting hard the moment these thoughts would come into my mind. And it was hard. It was a little depressing to me just how often I had to fight just how often these thoughts would come into my mind. But God gave me more and more victory when I stopped my train of thought right at the start and redirected my mind to other things right away. And now I'm still dealing with my pride. But now I'm focusing on other ways, other ways that it comes up. Yes. Well, I like,
0: that's interesting. Um, It goes back to Erica mentioning in her talk last week about taking your thoughts prisoner. That's what you did. You grabbed a hold of your thoughts and you said, this isn't right. These sins and I need to do something and and I need God's help to do this. Yeah. And I think that's really good because that, that is really where I would say most of our sin starts in our minds, in our minds and in our hearts and in our thought process. Mm -hmm. And it, it carries out quickly. And sometimes it looks different coming Mm -hmm. out In different people, too. So it's like pride is one that comes out lots of different ways. It doesn't always look the same, but that's really good. That's a really good practical way to deal with some of those besetting sins that we have. You know, one of the things that really helps me when I am fighting a sin is just to have a a Bible verse, a verse that I, you know, I grab and I cling to and I say, okay, I'm going to remember like the one I mentioned from Philippians. I think it's good to use God's word and we don't need to have oodles of it all over our house. We can just have one verse that we're kind of like meditating on to really think about. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful and gosh, index cards are cheap. Write it out on there, you know, and put it up or, um, if back in season one, I, I talked with Katie Lowell who had struggled with some anxiety and some of anxiety is sin. And she said she had a whole pack on her phone of images of scripture that she had made somewhere, but she said she would just fly through them and there was hmm. 10 or 15. And that was really helpful when she was struggling with those types of thought issues that she had those verses. Ready. Yes. And she went to them. Yeah. And I think that's really good. Okay, so one more important thing that we need to talk about is something that that I actually learned about really well this year. Um, it's called presumptuous sins. And I had never thought about a presumptuous sin. I'm sure that I had read it in the book of Psalms before, but I never actually stopped, paused, and thought, Wait a minute. What is a presumptuous sin? So um, I I think a presumptuous sin is a sin that we sort of justify, that it's okay for us to sin because of something else that's going on around us. And we presume that we'll be forgiven. So why not just keep doing the sin? Um, So a little example in my own life, I was living in a presumptuous sin towards an unforgiveness. I was living in, in presumptuous sin of unforgiveness towards a particular person for a while. I just thought, you know what? I... It's okay for me to be mad at them and angry with them um, because the person that I was upset with had hurt me so badly. Like, it was all right. And I guess I thought I could forgive them when they forgave me first. So... I know that sounds really crazy, but I actually think a lot of people do this. We think that we presume that we'll be forgiven, so we just hold on to these sins. So what do you think about presumptuous
1: sins, and how do we deal with these sins in our lives? Yeah, so one area that I know presumptuous sins comes up with me is with my immediate family. I think it's really easy to justify my sin with those in my house. So if I'm angry with my husband because he's done something, and maybe he really has sinned, and there's some unkind thing that I want to say, even though that I know that it's unkind and it's done just out of anger, saying that thing is a presumptuous sin. Yes. In instances like these, I need to keep my heart soft. I need to keep my conscience tender. Hmm. When I think about my sin being against a holy God who is also my heavenly father, I think about my sin being something that Jesus actually died to pay for. Isaiah 53 5 says, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our offenses he was crushed for our wrongdoings the punishment for our well-being was laid upon him and by his wounds we are healed so yes when we're christians when we're god's children we are healed but it's by his wounds so Mm. sin is never something that i want to take like lightly or just think well i'm already forgiven so what's it matter the cost of my forgiveness was huge it was huge so when I move forward and I commit that presumptuous sin without repentance, I, I don't know about you, but I find that the next time I'm faced with the same temptation, it's uh, a little bit easier to commit it again.: Yes it and the next time it's a, little, it's a yeah. little easier. And what's happening is my heart is becoming hardened. I'm actually searing my own conscience. I'm making it less and less sensitive. Yes. And that, that's kind of a scary thing. It's nothing yeah. It's something that we don't want. So one way, and it happens, it just kind of happens slowly, you don't realize
0: it. It happens gradually. Yeah. And, right, gradually is yeah. a good word. It, it's not like a, a moment your heart your heart is super hard. Right. It's a slow movement, so we must focus on keeping it tender. Yes.
1: So one way we deal, one way I try to deal with these presumptuous sins is to count the cost that Jesus paid to cover them. Mm. I love Jesus, and so I don't take his suffering and his death on my account lightly. So practically that looks like me remembering that no sin is little Mm. or meaningless or unimportant in God's sight. So it shouldn't be in mine either. And when I'm faced with temptation to sin like this, I I can never just tell myself, oh, it isn't a big deal. So that is what we do before we actually sin, right? We have to remember that when we're faced with temptation. But what about after we sin? Because so long as we are in this body, it's going to happen. After I make the sinful decision to go forward in presumptuous sin, it's not as though I've lost all opportunity and my heart is going to be hardened
0: you know, mm-hmm. over time.
1: I, I can confess my sin and I need to repent as soon as possible. Yes, For the sake of my own heart and for God's holiness, I can't put it off. I don't want to put off confession. So in the example with saying something to my husband that I know I shouldn't say, I apologize to him right away. I confess what I did and I don't try to make it sound better than it was. Right? I know I know I always want to say, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't really mean that. It just came out." Right. But sometimes I actually really meant it. Yeah. I actually really did want to hurt him. I have to confess yeah. that to really admit it for what it was and to ask him to forgive me and to ask God to forgive me. Yeah. Well, it's really good to talk
0: about that because that is something that was brand new to me this year. I hadn't really ever thought about what a presumptuous sin was. I mean, I just put sins and sin all over, you know, like sins. Yeah, I know what sin is, Mm -hmm. but I love that you walked us through the idea that we need to confess quickly and really consistently. We can't just go on, maybe to church on Sunday morning and think, okay, I'm going to confess my sin or or one time time a week, week. right? We have to be consistently doing it. And even if we think about confessing daily, it's probably more like we should be confessing sin as we breathe than confessing it like one time yes yeah it needs to be a consistent part and, and a really a good practice that we have to start so I think that's really important I, I know that's important in prayer I think often as, as we pray we go to all the things we need but I think we got to stop at the beginning of our prayers and start with our confession and and you know maybe we start differently with adoration towards God too but I think that's got to be a part to of our include prayer confession yes, in prayer. yes we have to Okay, I want to head off in just a little bit a little different direction because this is a really good a good topic to talk about, but I want to add one more thing, one more layer to our discussion. So, what do we do when we see sin in someone else? See, I mean, can't we just go to them and say, "Hey, This is your sin. And what are some, And I mean, why do they not respond wonderfully to (laughs) us, right? What are some practical things we can do to help those around us that we love with sin? I mean, it could be things like you're a mom or you're a wife. It could be coworkers. And it could be you know, other people,
1: other Christian people at your at church. What do, what do we do? Okay. So first I want to say that we, and maybe this goes without saying, I don't know, but we shouldn't feel the need to point out every sin that we see in every person around us. That would be exhausting. And it would be really proud. Yeah. Yeah. Really, our first priority has to be our own sin. Mm. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So notice that Jesus doesn't say that we can never see the speck or point out the speck in our brother, the sin in our brother. But first and foremost, we have got to be committed to getting rid of our own sin, to to getting that log out of our eye. Yes. So with, with that being said, the Bible does give us some guidelines for how we talk to other people about their sin. In Matthew 18, Jesus gives a helpful kind of step-by-step guide in how to talk to someone about sin that would be worthy of taking to the elders or pastors of your church about, because that's kind of his last step. If all else doesn't go well, go this to the is elders. What you do. Yeah. Right. In Galatians six, one, the apostle Paul says, if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, each mm. one looking to yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Mm. I love the word gentleness in there. Yes. It's a key word. That is how, that's the attitude with which we do it. Mm -hmm. And the way our words have to be is gentle. So as a friend, a wife, or even just an acquaintance, our desire should be to love people in such a way that we want to help them grow in their fight against sin and in their joy, really, in serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. Our goal can't be to smash someone with a hammer. It needs to be done. Talking to them about their sin needs to be done in a spirit of gentleness. Yes. And again, if we aren't repenting of our own sin and being honest with others about it, too, we aren't going to be able to help fight others with their sin either. Also, Paul says that, notice that he says you who are spiritual are to do the work of restoring. So consider your own spiritual state. Hmm. Examine yourself with some humility. Why are you even wanting to talk to them about their sin? Is it for their good or are you doing it kind of to, to build yourself up? That's a really good question to
0: ask because it is really getting into the heart and the, and the motive behind it. Yes. Because I can like, as a mom, we're both moms. Mm -hmm. I do love my kids. And so I often will talk to them about sin in their lives. And I'm sure my daughters are listening to this podcast right now because they listen (laughs) And, and I do. And, um, certainly that's because I really love them. Right. But I have, I know situations where people have spoken to others and it, It was not come off, it did not come off nice. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder if maybe there was a a heart motive issue. That was different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and when we consider how to talk with someone about a sin we might see in their life, we should also consider our relationship with that person. Is there someone who is closer to them that could speak with them? Am I noticing their sin because they actually just kind of rub me the wrong way anyways? If we determine that our motives are loving and we are humbly examining our own hearts, We can talk to our friends in a way that we, you know, leave some room for their repentance. Yes. I think we should have an understanding that a person's initial reaction might be hurt or it might even be defensiveness. And we can have grace with them in that. But to leave some space for that because we desire restoration. We desire their good. And and put ourselves in their shoes
0: at that moment and think, how would I respond if somebody talked to me about my sin? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give them a little bit...
1: Of grace. Give them a little bit of room. Yeah, that doesn't excuse my bad attitude if somebody talks to me about my sin. It doesn't excuse my further sin. But to understand, I think what you said is helpful, to understand what would it be like to be in their shoes right now. Now, for those of us who are married, all of the same principles apply. And actually (laughs) to a lot of... uh, Pretty much all relationships, all the same principles apply. Be humble, be loving, don't try to be a hammer. I, I know that in my marriage, I have had to resist the temptation of wanting to take over the role of the Holy Spirit. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking, Elia, that probably most wives have, or maybe husbands <laughs> I too. I thought you were I surprised, know.
1: like you never thought about that before. Oh, no. I, I, just can, <laughs> I can resonate with that one. So, so I don't know if somebody doesn't know what I mean by that. I mean I have wanted to point out and be the one <laughs> who brings conviction for lots of little sins that I've seen or think I've seen in my husband. Yep. And I know, you know, when I think about it, I know I wouldn't want that from him. No. If he were to go pointing out every little sin, it would lead to me being pretty defensive, pretty frustrated, and very defeated. Yes. So ask God for wisdom and knowing what sin to talk to your husband about. Work to build a relationship that has so much trust that your husband really does know your desire is for his good. And I would add one of the best things you can do before you speak to your husband
0: about any sin is pray. Yes. Because I have watched multiple times that God worked, whether it's in my husband or in my kids or in another person, and I didn't have to say anything. I just prayed that God would help them see that sin, and I'm sure there's people who have prayed that for me, and I have seen things. So that was great, and that was really—that's probably the— best way to go about it and there are times you have to talk to somebody but
1: yeah that that does apply to every every situation if you want to talk with somebody about their sin pray first yes there are situations where we should talk to people about their sin but pray first yeah so in regards to our kids you kind of mentioned it earlier you know as moms we do have this responsibility we have a responsibility to raise our kids up in the way that they should go and if we're not pointing out sin in their lives and disciplining them we're not really carrying out the work that God has given us to do. That's right. Now, that doesn't mean that pointing out their sin is the only part of raising them up in the way that they should go, though. I, I've i been focusing on Hebrews 3.13 in my own mothering of my kids. It says, but encourage one another every day as long as it is still mm-hmm. called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I think I said it earlier, but I'm working to encourage all of my kids every day because they need that to fight their yes. own sin. I know that I need encouragement to fight my sin. We all need encouragement. Our friends, our husbands, children, acquaintances, I mean, people at the grocery store. There's no yeah. reason we can't encourage them. We need to encourage our bosses, our pastors. Everyone needs encouragement yes, that's to so fight true. their sin. Yeah. So for any pointing out sin that you're doing, I would encourage you to do way more encouraging. Yeah. Encouragement actually helps people fight their sin. It gives them hope. And we all need that when we're faced with our sin. We need hope. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are
0: really excellent words. I I think encouragement is huge because um, even in the process of someone fighting sin, we can encourage them when we see things in them that God is doing. Change, yeah, Yeah. yeah. When we see that they have fought the sin of complaining about their husband or gossiping, we can say, Hey, I noticed you didn't do that. I think that's such a great encouragement. Okay. So it would be really easy to end this episode, like on a Debbie Downer moment, you know, like we're never going to overcome this sin. Ugh, you know, but I really don't want to end that way. I want us to be remembering what the Bible says about what we can do with our sin. So will we ever overcome sin in our lives? Or maybe another question is, can we overcome those besetting sins? Can we really not sin in a specific way? Give us some uh, good practical ideas and
1: and suggestions. Yeah. Okay, so the truth is, like you said, we're not going to be sinless in this life. We we are going to have to keep fighting. But God gives us so much hope in the Bible. And, you know, we were just talking about encouragement. God gives us encouragement. The Bible actually says God is a God of encouragement. I just mentioned a verse from Hebrews 13. And later in the chapter, it says, now may the God of peace equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Mm. And I, I love that verse because it, it's God who equips us to do every good thing. It's God who works in us so that we can be pleasing in his sight. And so what that, what that means is that we can defeat sin. Yes. We can have victory over sins. Yes, we will continue to have sin in our life, but we can also have victory. And as our life goes on, we can look back. I know that I can look back and see sins that I really have had victory over yes. that aren't a struggle like they used to be anymore. Yep. And I look forward to 20 years from now looking back and seeing the sins that I'm dealing with now defeated. Yes. And I have hope for that because it's God who's at work.
0: Yeah. And that's good because um, it, it's really important to have our attitude about fighting sin be positive. You know, like we've talked before that this is actually a good thing that we see our sin
1: It actually is a good thing. It's a good thing that God is the one who is in us as the Holy Spirit and that he works in us and he equips us. Yeah. Yes.
0: Because actually there are people in the world that don't ever see their sin.
1: No. I think about the fact that God has given me a desire to please him. He's given us a desire to please him. If he's given us that desire, he's going to give us the ability. He will give us the ability to be pleasing to him. Absolutely. Okay,
0: finally, I kind of wanted to end with just a couple of stories from some of our listeners, which is really fun. I have to say these are normal, everyday women who have fought particular sins, and God, through his strength and graciousness, has helped them to overcome these sins, which I I personally love to hear how women have done this, how God has helped them, how they— I love to hear when women go through trials, but this is really good to hear how, when women go through challenging sin situations. So I wanted to end with some encouragement from these women um, and some sins in their lives. And I I have a feeling that all of our listeners, Aaliyah, are going to resonate with these. They're going to go, yeah, I I get that. I've been there. Or maybe they're struggling right now with some of these sins. Okay. So here's our first one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, one of our listeners says, If you would have told me that there was hatred in my heart, I would have said that it was there only for those really bad people. But when I had been hurt in a very deep way, I didn't realize that there was more in my heart than just hurt. Yet every time I shared how hurt I was, my sin of bitterness grew. I was gossiping, I was resentful, I was angry. All of these emotions were understandable as the hurt was awful, but they were sinful and excusing them wasn't helpful. It was only making me walk in my flesh and not walk in the spirit. One day, the sin in my heart overflowed out of my mouth in such a public way that I finally saw the hatred deep within me. That was super humbling. I began to ask forgiveness from the people affected and confessed my sin to God. That was a process and took some time, but I now have love for the people I used to, sadly, hate. This love is only from God, and I'm glad for his mercy. I I loved that listener writing that in because I think unforgiveness is a really hard thing and hatred. And I think it is really easy to justify our sin because we get hurt, and we're just going to get hurt. It is. We can see the sin
1: in other people, and so we think that ours is okay yeah yeah it's crazy
0: okay why don't you read us
1: uh, the next one okay I was smacked in the face with my sin at my annual doctor appointment my weight had crept up to over the weight I was when I was nine months pregnant with my first child I spent years denying this upward climb and continuously made excuses for my weight gain it wasn't until recently that I said out loud yes my sin is gluttony I was living to eat not eating to live I repented of the sin and asked God to forgive me Over the past months, I have seen God at work, and I see him helping me as I rely on him to fight this sin that has been ever-present with me, yet I had been blind to call it what it was and turn from it. I have found freedom in eating things that are good for my body. The chocolate chip cookie dough used to call my name, and still does, but I am no longer a slave (laughs) to this sin. Food is a gift from God and is to be enjoyed. I was having a little too much joy from my food. Yes. Well, I like that. That's just something that's easy to uh,
0: say. It's not a big deal. Right. But it is. I mean, it's it's a sin. Okay, so I have one more. Okay. And, and this last one is interesting because um, I talked about how I don't worry. Mm-hmm. And this woman has struggled with worry. So I think it's really good to listen to because I love how God worked in her story and um, and changed her it's really cool to see because I got to watch this a little bit. That's really encouraging. Okay. Here's what she says. I have had the sin of worry and anxiety since I was a small child. I come from a long line of worriers. My parents are hardcore worriers. Their parents were hardcore worriers. I never felt like I really cared about something unless I was worrying about it. After becoming a more mature Christian, I would read scripture and understand that scripture teaches that worry is worthless and a sin, and I would decide to stop worrying, which would work for about. 24 hours, and then I would be right back at the anxiety train. About seven years ago, I finally decided that I had to do battle with it once and for all. I would like to say this was a super spiritual decision, but honestly, I began observing loved ones and even acquaintances who worried a lot, who now had grown old, and I observed this sin of worry and anxiety grows more and more ingrained as one ages. It literally consumes the people I was observing and drives other people away from them in their old age. I could see this was just his judgment against this sin being unrestrained that he can give a person over to their sin of worry. So in deciding to truly fight this sin, I needed to talk with someone who had faced difficult situations and didn't give in to worry. And I'm going to pause for a minute from hers and just say, what a great step to go to someone who's already struggled with that sin and say, hey, help me walk with me through this. I think that's great. Okay. Back to our story. Very helpful. Because I didn't, I truly didn't know what it looked like to face a hard situation without giving into worry. I didn't know how to do it. So I talked with my friend. Now at the time, her husband's health was very poor and had been poor at the, to the point of being dangerous over the past few years. Yet she Truly wasn't worried about it. I would have been a wreck in her situation. So I picked her brain about how to do that in her mindset. And I set out to memorize scripture about not giving in to worry. I had done this before, but this time I wrote a stack of note cards with these verses and kept them with me. I would just... I would... I would not just recite them, but I would flip through them and read them over and over when tempted to worry. I also told my husband about my determination to overcome this sin. I didn't want to tell him because I knew he would hold me accountable, but I knew this was essential in actually overcoming the habit of worrying because he knows me best. And of course, I prayed that God would change me. And guess what? He did. Slowly my mindset changed and my reactions changed. Of course, I'm still tempted to worry. Certain situations cause me to stumble, especially when my boys are out late driving all together in a car. Mm-hmm. That would, just on a side note, Aliyah, that would kind of freak me out a little bit, Yeah, too, my oldest so. is only nine. Okay, you are not there yet. Um, she continues, but I think about all our family has been through in the past several years. A job loss, financial hits, uncertain future. There have been some really bad moments, but there has also been the ability to handle it through God's strength without falling apart and not wallowing in anxiety. This is truly from God's God. Okay, and then, Aliyah, this last part, she writes, I love this. And and I, I was going to mention this earlier, so I'm glad that I remembered what I wanted to tell you. The most amazing thing, she said, happened a couple of months ago. I said something about me struggling against worry, and my son said, hmm, I don't really think of you as a worrier. I think that was the nicest thing Aww. that he could have said to me. Okay, so you know, Aaliyah, one thing that I, that I remembered that I wanted to mention earlier is how important it is when we were talking about um, what, what we do with sin in our homes, OK, so like when we see sin in our children and how we can bring it out, we have to encourage them. You, you brought that up. And that's really a good point. But I think it's important for our families to see that we struggle with sin, too, and how we're fighting it um, and being able to be honest. And, you know, my kids are a little older, but my kids know my sin. Trust me, they see it. I don't have to tell them. And not only that, but they have actually said things to me before. And I was like, wait a minute. You're not supposed to say that, but it was good because they love me. And so when I was frustrated with something and angry, one of my kids said, Mom, what are you doing? Why are you so angry about this? It's really no big deal. And it caught me off guard. And it was a, a young child, so it wasn't directly focused on the sin, but it did catch me off guard because I realized they were watching so I think it's really good to remember that our kids are watching us and that we, it's okay to
1: talk about it yeah, with them. Yeah, they're going to see our sin. And so seeing us fight our sin is, would be a huge example. It
0: is. It is. It really is. And, and working together. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do think that sometimes my sins, the sins I struggle with, I see those show up in my kids. So I've already been there struggling with them. Mm-hmm. So it's good to work together and I just love those encouraging encouraging stories from the the women that wrote in um, these are some pretty common sins and it's really encouraging to hear how women have practically walked through overcoming certain sins. I'm really glad you came on today, Aaliyah. I think you had so many really good things to share with us. Um, it's really good to talk about it, and we're not done here on the Unshaked podcast. This is a topic that will probably come up over and over because it's probably one of the most important things we need to be working on in our lives. Um,
1: so, Aliyah, would you end by praying for us today? Sure. Father, I pray that you would encourage each one of us that we would know your love for us, that we would love others in the way that you love us, and that we would have great hope in your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Hey, thank you, Aaliyah, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, your time, and it it was really good. And everybody listening, join us next week as we're actually going to take it this one step further. And we're going to talk about one specific sin that virtually affects all women. Okay. Actually, this is going to be one that affects all people. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to tune in next week at the Unshaken Podcast. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, join our Facebook page, and remember that when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.